don't even look over here when I dance to the podcast intro anymore. I can't see the sun's in my eye. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Because I, I think it was only, what, a couple couple weeks ago where it was dark, we got the lights on, and then I discovered that I had more lights down here that I didn't <laughs> even know I had. That was last week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, you're like, I got lights on the wall. Uh-huh, we would have been, we would have had light, and, and now the sun's in here, and I'm like, ooh, where's my sunglasses? Oh. In the car. I'm just not going to go out and get them. No, it. I was like, is there <laughs> any way you can rear, do you want to like come around this side? Um, I think the sun will move. The sun's already moved a couple times since <laughs> we've been down here. So I'll just squint the whole time. Absolutely. So I'm not going to look at you. Yeah, so if right. you do anything funny, I can't make fun of you on, on I was going to say online, but I guess this would be online. Yep. Neener, neener, neener. All right. Uh, welcome to the Bakesh podcast. <laughs> you just heard uh, the pre banter. Pre banter, yes. <laughs> Um, we are two guys that don't have any qualifications. Well, we have Bible degrees. Yeah. Um, from a college that is unqualified. To, wait. <laughs> uh, yeah. W- they had great Old Testament professors. But other than that, we are laymen. Um, we serve in our churches. We read and study our, our Bibles. And we just have a love for scripture and talking about it. Um, and we want to encourage you guys out there to do the same thing, to continue to, like, go through the Bible and read it. And right now we are going through Deuteronomy, and we are in chapter 13. In fact, we were just talking earlier. Don's like, we've almost been doing this a year. Yeah, I gotta, I'm got going to look at a date. Because it was May, the, May last year that we started it, wasn't it? I don't know. I'm going to look here. I'm looking on our website, which is bakesh.podbean.com. Oh, I liked the transition. Yes, where you can leave comments or email us. Let's see, but I'm going to try and go back to the <laughs> oldest episode. Because if it is, we should like, you know, uh, the first one we did was the end of May. It was May 31st. Okay, so we're getting close to a year. So by the time <laughs> this episode is going to come out, we will have already probably had the year. Mm-hmm. Um so, so I think we got through 10 chapters in a year. About 10 chapters is what we were talking about. Yeah, and if I extrapolate out, we're only going to do two more for the month of May. Let me see. Maybe and three. I can't think of how May lands. And so we're doing 13 today. So I guess I guess we've, I don't know, so we've recorded almost 12 or 13 chapters. But Yeah, and we have a lot. Of we have one, two, three. So four, we posted five, about ten ish, ten to eleven s- chapters in a year. We have seven slash eight after what we did last week, which is the additional one, which I guess won't be a surprise. Okay. Um. So we have like eight. So they're not gonna. By the time people hear this, it'll be like almost August. Oh wow! It will be like man, summer's coming to an end. <laughs> By the time this one gets posted. So this one will be posted a few months after we hit that uh, that year anniversary. But as far as recording goes, yeah, we've been recording over a year probably because we probably put a handful in. What? So we say it every week behind the scenes. We record regardless of if it's a week we posted or not. We're a bi-weekly podcast mm-hmm. um, because we have busy lives and we don't want to, uh, you know, hey, I got to go out of town, I've got a family vacation, hey, I'm sick, and then, like, scramble to get mm-hmm. a podcast. So we kind of record out when we just keep going. Yep. Um, yep. That way we, you guys don't miss one. And yeah. I got a frog. Yeah, because <laughs> with families and stuff, and I mean, things happen, and, and again, all kinds of adventures. So, yeah, so we, we just record weekly or as weekly as we can get right. and, and, and kind of go from there. And 
that's led to a surplus, which leads to, I'm just adjusting volume to make us sound like we're talking at the same level. There we All go. right. One of these weeks, I'll learn how to do this. Uh, I'm going to like watch it. Maybe I'll use a different software and watch like some video on how to record right and how to mix well. I was going to say YouTube might have some videos. Yeah. Right? I spend way too much time on YouTube. Okay. Well, th- there you go. Yeah. Well, you got YouTube Red or something, right? Or what yeah. is that called? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you got unlimited whatever kind of YouTube stuff you b- get with that. B- b- <laughs> brought to you by YouTube Red. We don't see a dime. No, um, <laughs> I, uh, I pay a couple s- free months or something. I, w- I used to. Oh, really? And not, now I pay. Yeah, I was a... Uh, back in the day, oh, I got a free movie ticket from it. Oh, did you really? Uh, y- if you post pictures to Google Maps, they would give you certain benefits. Oh. And I got, um, I ended up getting almost a year of Google Play slash YouTube Red for free. Well, nice. then they got rid of that perk, and I was like, well, I can't live without it because I like it. That was smart. So yeah, get oh, you, ad- ho- you oh, addicted, and then like, yeah, let let you go, be like. So in our budget, my wife and I have an allowance, which is like whatever we can spend our money on, we'll spend it on. And I spend part of mine on YouTube Red. All right. Because I, uh, so I work at an office and I just want music to play and I can either use Google Play Music and if I can't find it on there, I can find it on YouTube and I just let it all day. It's, you know. So that sounds like a work expense, right? Deducted off your taxes? Dude, that's a great idea. <laughs> that's a great idea. Um I don't know if that's allowed, so don't take tax advice from us either. Don't take any. I I was going to say, you better be careful with that. We were talking about the Bible. You can take that advice. (laughs) Don't Um, take anything we say. All of a sudden, why would they all drop off at chapter 13? Yeah, where'd everybody go? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's my... That's my YouTube Red story. Okay. I forgot. I don't rem- remember what it was about, like why we were talking about it. Here, here's my YouTube Red story. So I had a friend mm-hmm. once. I guess I still do. And we, we <laughs> podcast in my basement over Deuteronomy, and he had YouTube Red. That's great. Yeah. Sounds like a good friend. Yeah, he, he's a good friend. This is my NPR voice. <laughs> sounds like a good friend. you got to get really close to the microphone. Oh, well, that's that's what they see on TV. Yeah. yeah. Whenever I watch TV and they do that. YouTube Red. Okay. YouTube, YouTube Red. YouTube. Brought to you by Red YouTubes. Red YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> so we're Deuteronomy 13. <laughs> all right. You like that transition? That was a great yeah. transition. No, not at all. I really don't remember what the heck we were talking about. I have about. no clue either. That was some of the worst banter ever. Absolutely. Oh, dear. That's what they love most about us, right? Yeah. So we uh, last week, we finished up Chapter 12, uh, which... I'm looking at my recap notes here. I suck at recap. You're so much better at it. So Recap I'm, better, recap, man. I'm not man. ready for... Oh, actually, I just thought of something. We were going to start at 13. We're not ready to start at 13. What? We actually have to start at 12.29. Okay, that's why my notes look foreign to me. <laughs> I was going to look at my notes like, this is, this is not what we talked about. No, we actually... So I, I was wrong. Oh, so you know what? I can check the thing to make sure. So, all right. So we were talking about the place of worship last year. Last last year. Last year. Um, within the past couple episodes. Oh, you're right. Um, we're talking about the the place of worship. Where we're talking about how they they got rid of um, all the other places of worship, and and God's people are supposed to worship differently. Um, and we did not make it all the way through twelve. So. Um, Again, we don't necessarily do a lot of talking ahead of time. We we do our study. Well, we, well, we did. We spent an hour talking about how we're going to do thirteen. 
Like, so, because we're like, how are we going to split up 13? It's like, ooh, looking back at our recap, which I'm glad that you had us go back and look at the recap. Yeah. So, so with uh. that, um, God has called um, get his people to a different way of worship that is different than um, the, the type of worship that they were doing before God had them pretty much destroy all their, their altars and pillars and, and all of that stuff. Um, so God um, cannot um, um, compete. Well, no, he, God can compete with other gods, um, but no other God should be anywhere near his place of worship, and you're supposed to worship him differently. So mm-hmm. with that, we will actually, I guess, then go from chapter 12, 29 through the beginning of 13, and then... Uh, do you read through 32. We'll talk about it, and then we'll see if we get into 13, which we probably will. I don't have a lot of notes on this, but that doesn't mean we won't talk it to death. I was going to say, yeah, because we always... All right, so with that, so chapter 12, verse 29 through 32. When the Lord your God cuts off before you the nations whom you go in to dispossess, and you dispossess them and dwell in their land, take care that you be not ensnared to follow them after they have been destroyed before you, and that you do not inquire about their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods, that I may, that I also may do the same? You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. For every abominable thing that the Lord hates they have done, for their gods, for their gods, for they even burn their sons and their daughters in the fire to their gods. Everything that I command you, you shall be careful to do. You shall not add to it or take away from it. Mic drop. <laughs> All right. So with that, um, I think in my uh, reprep this week, I, I forgot about that part. So well, what sort of things do you do you have? What, what did you <laughs> I know I'm, like, I'm going back over the notes. Yeah. <laughs> what do we have here? Um, the biggest thing I have is something that we've reiterated many times. Uh, throughout Deuteronomy, and it gets reiterated many times, um, was basically don't act like the pagans who did horrible things. Um, the the uh, nations that uh, we're talking about here that Moses is addressing, um, <coughs> did, I mean, it says straight up, it did things like child sacrifice, um, or I think as he puts it, they even burned their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. And that was one of two things. Um, Some of the, depending on which nation and what version of the gods they're worshiping, either they were literally sacrificing a certain birth order to pagan gods by lighting them on fire and burning them. Uh, If they had an affliction, they might put them in the fire to see if they survive, uh, to purify them. Or, uh, you know, and if they did survive, they'd be horribly disfigured, obviously. Um, or they would do like burning and branding on their children to mark them as that God's property or that nation's property. So they're depending on, like I said, which nation and which iteration you're talking about, that's what could be going on. Okay. Um, you know, we don't necessarily see that commonplace in America. I, I, I hope it doesn't happen, but I'm sure there's some sick twistedness out there where it does. Um, go on so it, when we see this a lot of times it's like oh well i would never do that it, y- you know there there's pushback like as far as because we see the the far out craziness going on and we're like well we don't set our kids on fire we don't sacrifice them to gods we don't lay them on an altar and physically you know do treacherous things to them 
but we do other things and just because it's not treacherous doesn't mean it's not evil and and so um so so as i was kind of looking at it um i thought it was a great conclusion first of all to to chapter 12 in general um because ultimately um you have the destruction of of, of all these other gods which which they re-mention when he says when you dis dispossess them um and when you live in their land showing that that you're going to dispossess those people and you're going to live in this land. Um, and then and God kind of sets up, you know, what that worship should look like and how it should be different. Um, but then, you know, he explains why it is that, that these um, other gods are, are not good practices to follow. Um, and he, he says, do abominable things, which, which I think really in our society we, we do still see some of those things. Um, child sacrifice. I'm afraid to say what I what I genuinely believe with, with this child sacrifice thing, um, when it comes to our current culture. But um, but I guess what I will say is is I think sometimes um, although we don't necessarily I think there are some what you might say competing gods in our culture where where there are um, other gods that that people are aware of. Um, I think one of the gods that, that we do make sacrifices to um, is sometimes probably the god that's hidden the most, and that's ourselves. Um, and, and I think that there's um, many things that we do that, that are abominable in, in the name of, of, of selfish motives um, that, that really, in a sense, can, can be um, utilized as a sacrifice to, to a god other than Yahweh, um, who is uh, the god of the Old and the New Testament. So... Um, I, I thought it was a really good recap, um, um, but also I think that, that we do still have some of those, those worship, those practices, or those abominable things, or those other worship practices that really does come back to um, the worship of, of not just other gods, wh whether that be um, you talking about other religions, but, but sometimes um, ourselves being, we, we worship ourselves and our our own things and ultimately putting us ahead of God, which in a sense I think makes us God of, of some way, if that makes well, any sense. Yeah, and I think that <clears throat> every, you know, it goes back to the old adages that we've, uh, I don't know if we've talked about them so much, but uh, prominent guys like Tim Keller would say that like everybody has gods because we're created to worship and everybody worships something. It's just a matter of where your worship's going. Um, and when you worship something, you sacrifice to that thing. And what I, you know, what I was just saying was we don't actually, uh, we don't see altars set up with kids being, you know, young children, babies being, you know, set on fire and burned alive. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, we do definitely have our, you know, our day to day sacrifices that hold on. I have my side is, excuse me, this is gross. You don't want to hear it. Ah. Ah, you didn't want to hear that. I won't edit it out. Okay, it's I far will. away, right? No, yeah, that sh I, um, I, they can hear it. It's so painful. <laughs> but, um, but our, we often sacrifice our children to other things. Um, we might, for instance, sacrifice our kids to success. So we're just not going to be around them while we do whatever it takes to climb the ladder to be the next big thing. Y you know, we might sacrifice them for work. We might sacrifice them for hobbies, saying like, you know what, you're not worth the time right now. I would rather go play, you know ultimate frisbee with my friends or whatever it happens to be and ignore our children. Not that you can't go do things for recreation or luxury that does not involve your kids, but some people have taken those good things and turned them into false gods. Um, I, I see 
cell phones and social media is a thing that we sacrifice our kids to a lot. Um, and I know that can touch a lot of nerves. And I know that like half of the people that listen just decided to close their Facebook accounts and the other half are like, hey, he's wrong. He doesn't know what he's talking about. But honestly, like I see so many parents that are scrolling through whatever happens to be Instagram, Facebook, you know, all that kind of stuff <coughs> while their kids are about to get hit by a bus. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, we've sacrificed it for approval of other people or we use our kids as a way to get the likes and the wh- do people still tweet? The retweets. <laughs> I don't know. I always thought tweeting sounded like something you do in the toilet. Anyway, <laughs> um, the likes and the retweets that we want. Uh, hey, I'll just put a picture of my kid up there. They're cute enough to get, you know, mm-hmm. kind of, uh, you know, the popular thing or whatever. The, the in- do you get endorsement deals? Mm. I don't know. All my stuff's set to private. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I don't get all the big numbers. I just, so my, my wife has a, a social media account for Down syndrome. Because uh, our kid has Down syndrome, <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Oh my gosh, how do you how do you know that many people?" She's like, "I don't. I used a hashtag." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's what hashtags are for." Mm-hmm. She's like, "Yeah, people will search on them and they'll find you know." So she's like, more akin to like what that can be like. But there are social media superstars that get you know hundreds, thousands of likes, and they get you know money or endorsement. We sacrifice our kids to well, that I'm at times. I mean, I mean, sometimes I mean, really, if sin is is really um, doing something that that we feel, if if sin is something that we that we choose to do that that goes beyond God, um, I think in a way that's that's. Um, sorry, I was rocking back and forth. Yeah, your I'm, voice I'm is sitting. Going and, in oh, and I'm sorry. Out and in and out. Um, These mics aren't like the other ones. You got to no. kind of talk right into okay, it. Okay, so if sorry. I was going in and out, I was just rocking because I got ADD. Yeah. Um, hey, hey, try try twitching your legs like this. Uh, okay, I can't see. see like, but, uh, I'm, I'm like that. running right. in place. <laughs> Burn some calories while I'm at it. Yeah. Um, but but I think sometimes that our actions can become, um, I don't know. I, I think when when we choose to sin, um, I think in a, in a way sin is saying that, that we trust ourselves more than God. Um, and I think at that point we we see ourselves um, as above God and, and and really in a sense in replacing uh, I, God. I'd explain that we trust ourselves and something else or someone else more right. than God. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah. So so anyway, um, yes. <laughs> you still can't see because of the sun. I look over no. your sun. <laughs> yeah, I can't look at Don because I'm like, uh. Um, but anyway, um, I also had for 1232. Hey, I got uh, something too. You go first. Oh, I go first. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of that idea, you shall not add to it or take away from it. Um, I really saw this as, as we really don't have permission to pick and choose um, our, our, what, how we're supposed to live or what we're supposed to do. Um, unfortunately, this seems to be common in our own current culture, both really inside and outside of the church. Um, we feel we get to, to kind of pick and choose what our religion looks like, how it is that we worship God, where it is that we worship God, what that looks like when we do worship God. And, and really, I don't necessarily think that, that, it's, it's a, that, that God, God calls us to a loosey-goosey type of worship. Um, and I, and I think that, that it needs to look different than our own re- than, than other religions and other gods and even our culture. And many times I see our, our church begin to kind of embrace things of the culture, embrace ideas of the culture. Um, and yet I feel that in, in chapter 12 and, and really throughout most of Scripture, um, he doesn't give us permission to a loosey-goosey type of worship, but really calls us to a different life, a different standard, and a different way of worship. 
Um, however, I, I think many times we, we don't look to this verse, and, and I think there's other verses as well, um, that, that says that um, we shall not add or take away from Scripture. We shall not add or take away from, from God's commands or, or the way that God directs us to live. Um, so I found that interesting, and I thought that actually relates very well with our, with our current culture and our current times, because many times we embrace the things around us, or we say, I'm going to add this to, I'm going to do this also, I'll follow this, but, but I'm going to add this, or, well, I can't believe that God would, would think this way, so I'm going to do it this way, and still say that, that this is the God whom I worship and love and trust. Um, because I do think there's that aspect of, of obedience. I think there's that aspect of, of, of honoring God um, and, and how it is that we live and how it is that we worship. If we're going to be set apart and holy, um, I don't think that means necessarily embracing the gods and culture that, that go against how God directs us to live um, and worship. Yeah, I also read that as there's no alternative or negotiation or debate permitted here mm-hmm. like this is a this is a point where he's saying hey no this is it like uh, everything that i command you you be careful to do and do not add or take away you know it's not like well like you were saying what if i just don't do that this little is it really that big of a deal if i don't y- y- you know bearing false witness that seems pretty tight there man What if you know i should be allowed to gossip or hate on my neighbor it's no big deal you know but and we do. I we've discussed this also before, um, or have we? I don't know. Um, I oh man, here I go well, Sla- well, slamming mega churches. Oh, okay. I don't yeah, mean it. If you go before. to a mega church, may God have mercy on it. No, no. May your church be uh, hopefully good. Not all are bad. Um, went to a larger church where I was in a Bible study. I got more sinuses. Sorry again. Um, I was part of a Bible study, and in that Bible study, there was just this, uh, there's a couple that were getting ready to get married. They were engaged to each other, and there's this (coughs) sense that, like, well, you're engaged, so you're basically already married, and I had, uh, this is where we lose all the rest of our audience that I didn't make mad with the social media. Um, I got to quit saying that. You guys will stick around, and you'll like it. Um, <laughs> I was praying for the guy in this relationship, and as I was praying, just got you know some words in my head that, and just kind of prayed them out loud. Didn't bother to check them at the door or anything. So uh, maybe it was prophetic, um, and I think his reaction proved that they possibly were. I was just like, you know, I was praying. I was like, "Hey Lord, may you keep them pure, help them to avoid temptation during this time." Like really, uh, you know, help convict them of any sin, but also don't let them walk in shame, help them to have repentant hearts, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, later on in the Bible study, the guy brought up, uh, you know, his, well, you know, are we already like married in our hearts? Haven't we already like, you know, we're getting married. It's just a couple weeks away. Should we really have to worry about this stuff? Because like, that's like a state thing and, you know, we've already committed to each other. So doesn't God already understand? And like, from what I understand, I talked to his brother-in-law and his brother-in-law said that like, he, for some reason couldn't understand why he never liked me. That guy did not like me. Mm. I think it's because I basically like (coughs) spiritually called him out on his sin. Mm -hmm. Um, He was not willing to, from what I could tell in some of the conversation that I haven't shared, um, because this is a uh, G rated podcast. Um, I called him out on his 
potential sexual sin that was going on, and he did not like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he cared for it. And that they, you know, they went on to get married and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know where they're at today or how their relationship is, but I just remember like that being one of my early tastes of people just doing what they want, adding and picking and choosing like how the Bible works for them and trying to find loopholes in scripture mm-hmm. to support their potentially sinful lifestyle. Yep. Yep. So, so I, I, again, I, I think we live in a, in a culture and Christian culture that, that is very, um, synchronistic, uh, define that, uh, syncretism is taking two things and combining them to be one. So two religions. Yep. So, you know, you've got your like Christian, they're your Christian that has a Buddhist statue in their garden or, you know, so Canaanite Christianity then. Yes. And we get that in uh, we live an in early a episode. Canaanite, episode. synchronistic Canaanite. Which, <laughs> which comes down, uh, which comes down to, um, um, Sorry, I just brain farted. Uh, was that your brother calling? No, no, oh, that date, was... Date and phone number. I know <laughs> that area code. It, it is. Um, you don't have to go into it. No, yeah. sorry. Um, but anyway, I uh, just brain farted. Oh, but when we're talking about destroying all the other gods, um, and we're, we're talking about when we're talking about destroying all the other gods and then worshiping at the place that they, and, and in a way that God wants us to, um, I think it very much fits into... Um, again, it's a great closure for, for chapter 12, um, but I think it's still very relative to, to our world today um, and, and to our culture today because we don't destroy all the other religions from the sense of getting rid of them, pushing them out of our lives, but we embrace the pieces of them that we like and we enter, uh, intertwine them or into our um, Christianity, but, but God does not give us permission to do that. So... Um, to kind of close out this chapter, I'm going to, so I'm still reading, um, John Calvin's a little book on the Christian life. Uh, you can get it for five bucks or less if you look around online. Um, just kind of saying on the idea of, so the whole idea is, is that we often will go to Canaanite Christianity or syncretism because we want to hold on to something that we think fulfills us or something that. Uh, empowers us in some way, so we don't necessarily want to get rid of it. So, you know, maybe maybe we are addicted to um, alcohol, so we will find a way to work it into our religious system and say that, you know, alcohol is okay. Or maybe uh, some other religion says, hey, you should be happy and you should, you know, uh, make that your chief end, and we don't want to get rid of that chief end, uh, you know, that happiness that it brings us so we will continue to uh you know continue in that other religion so that we can continue to make that chief end happiness Mm -hmm. um while trying to mesh that with our chief end being you know created to glorify god Mm -hmm. so uh on that um the late john calvin from like the 1500s um says One self-denial has occupied the heart. It crowds out the evils of pride, arrogance, and pretentiousness, as well as greed, lust, gluttony, cowardice, and everything else that is born of self-love. On the other hand, where self-denial does not reign, the worst vices thrive shamelessly. Hmm. So on that, denying ourselves cuts all of that sinful behavior out. It gets rid of that desire to worship other gods. Um... 
as opposed to the one true God. Instead of denying ourselves, dying to ourselves, is it Romans 12, 1, I am crucified with Christ no longer. I, no, that's Galatians. Yeah. Uh, living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Lord. I had my wrong Sunday school verses. Um, we're supposed to be dead to all that other stuff and not negotiating for all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be dead to our sins. Uh, we're supposed to sacrifice daily ourselves to God and not try and uh, co-opt everything else in so that we can live both a, our happiest, fulfilled life of the world with our ha- our happiest, fulfilled life with our spirituality. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. You want to go on to 13? Let's go on to 13. You need to get that phone call. It's called a couple times now. Um, if they call again, I may have to, but we'll, we'll see. Okay. Um, so anyway, um, chapter 13, <coughs> one. Um, and I will go from one to five. If a prophet or a dreamer of uh, if a prophet or dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder and the sign or wonder that he tells you comes to pass and if he says let us go after other gods which you have not known and let us serve them you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or the dreamer of dreams for the Lord <coughs> excuse me sorry um, I was trying to hold off till I was finished reading um, for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart. And with all your soul, you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. And you shall serve him and hold fast to him. But the prophet or the dreamer who dreams dreams shall be put to death because he has taught rebellion against the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of slavery to make you leave the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. Well, that's pretty straightforward. Absolutely. So, um, so a prophet. A lot of times, um, the way they would figure out if you're a good prophet is, um, is if uh, what, what is, as a sign or wonder or, or something that you foretell comes true, right? Yeah, they would basically um, weigh the words of the prophet. In um, in this time, before like the complete canon of scripture was, you know, a hundred percent completed. Uh, since you're going to just like go and look up the writings of the Apostle Paul, the Lord would often raise up a prophet among the people to proclaim uh, his words and what was going on. So it wasn't, I want to say it was super common, but it also wasn't uncommon. But there was also tests put in place to say, hey, you know, weigh this guy's words and see what he says so that people weren't just, you know, the result of if you kept prophesying things that did not come true, as we see in here, the result was you were put to death. So that kind of stopped people from saying like, we should worship this false God, thus saith the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you did that and, you know, you had other prophecies that were not turning out to be true, you would definitely be, you know, destroyed. Right. And, 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 and so although the sign of wonder or whatever came true, it does go against God's commands and it goes against scripture. Um, hence the part that says you shall have no other gods. Um, so, so clearly you should not trust that, that dreamer dreamer. Um, now what we are going to find out, um, is throughout all of 13, no matter how far we get today, there's three major sections that we're going to talk about and all of them discuss, um, what, what happens if, if someone, um, or if someone or a bunch of people, um, are, are calling you away from God or are calling you to rebel against God's t- commands or to worship other gods. Um, and so this is kind of the, the first section that, that's going to address um, those that are encouraging um, people to, to go against God's commands. Um, 
do you have anything else or um, uh, um yeah the first just really quick um <coughs> i think where this could get a little complex is like god is saying like hey yeah on occasion signs and wonders may come true and i'm using that to test like your devotion to me like mm-hmm. so are you going to follow the great miracle worker or the great magician um or are you going to follow me is kind of are you going to follow the the great fake prophet uh if his words are not ringing true as to what my law is saying mm-hmm. and i think the best example of something like that going on is we could look at the magicians in egypt and we could see that they were able to perform some of the same signs and wonders moses did uh despite the fact that moses's were fueled by god you know, doing stuff where the magicians were probably fueled by demons is mm-hmm. what I would probably come to understand. I don't think, but uh, you may be at a church where somebody is a self-proclaimed prophet and he may do something amazing in front of you, or he may quote unquote, read your mail while praying for you. Uh, but if they're preaching something counter to the gospel at that point, you should, you know, definitely use discernment and be careful. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm saying that once again, you know, for our, you know, charismatic friends out there um, or our cessationist friends, if you find yourself visiting a church or something like that, that maybe you don't agree with uh, continuationist miraculous signs and wonders thing, uh, you know, it's probably a good place to put your skeptic hat on mm-hmm. and just be careful. Um, I've been burned by charismatics. Okay. Just a little bit. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. a few times in my past. A couple snake handlers. Couple. Uh oh. Yeah. Okay. Didn't say that out loud. Uh, no, no, no. I've been. <laughs> I was uh, uh, at a uh, church one time, and they had a prophet uh, come in, and I said something like, "Hey, I don't think this guy's legit," and they proceeded to chastise me for my comments. Um, and then I had people quote unquote prophesy over me that I was having like you know evil spirits cloud my judgment and that I was oh, like, wow. you know, yeah. So it was, it was good times. Okay. It okay. was great. And what, one time I was, I was actually uh, standing there and he started going around praying for people and I was like, I, I don't know how to, <laughs> this may sound awful. I was like, Lord, if this dude is like a complete fake and he comes up to me, just like, don't let him like prophesy over me. The dude came up to me, stood there for a couple of seconds basically shrugged his shoulders and walked away. Oh, okay. I was nice. like, wow. <laughs> it's like the Lord shut your mouth. <laughs> like he did the lions. And did, no, wait, that's not the... But anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that was... In, I know that half the people out there are like, what on earth is your past, Don? Mm-hmm. Where did you hang out? I hung out with some unscrupulous charismatics <laughs> for a while. Um, we were part of a youth ministry, and a lot of the youth ministry uh, went on a very charismatic bend. Mm-hmm. And... Um, a lot of times I would be like in the same room where things were going on and uh, kind of guarding over the kids a mm-hmm. bit out of fear because um, I was highly skeptical of this organization. And with that, you might know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about at this point. Yeah. Um, so I would often be in those situations to help some of the students hopefully come out of there unscathed or to, you know, at least have conversations with them because, Man, it was almost a cult at times, and, and, and it was a cult that like infiltrated our church a little. And, and not to say that, um, not to say that what quote people would call as charismatic is necessarily always bad. However, outside of the context of, of scripture um, and discernment and wisdom, 
Um, yeah, I think we these, said we've told him before. We are both of us are continuationists. Yeah. So 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 it's it's so it's kind of one of those that that we're not we're discrediting those that um, use it outside of the the appropriate context of scripture, wisdom, discernment, mm-hmm. and and that sort of thing. So I, I've, um, I've got a friend. His name is Jeremy. Um, he says that he is a cessationist with an eject button. Okay. So, like, he's through and through. This doesn't, but if it happens, like, he's ready to believe it. <laughs> so, you, you know, like, if, it, if he's walking down the street and there's a blind guy and he prays for them and, like, God grants him sight, he's like, I'm cool with that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, on the day to day, he's not exactly, like, the most charismatic guy. He'd rather live in the uh, mundane, which I won't fault him for. Mm hmm. But man, I I find great joy in praying for the, absolutely for the non mundane. I mm. don't know what you want to call it for the <laughs> spectacular. Absolutely, I, I love seeing God move in some very fun ways. And, and I know Jeremy listens. So hey, buddy, what's up, man? <laughs> hey, what's <laughs> up? Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't know you, but hey, how yeah. you doing? <laughs> he's a good. He's a good. I'm hesitant to say too much about him because he actually got doxxed on the internet big time. Oh no! To where like this guy was like leaving comments on his. Like church's Facebook page talking about how much of a what? you know evil person he was, and it got it got a little crazy for a while. I wow. think I can't don't quote me, but I think he might have been a little afraid for his family for a little bit. Oh wow! To a certain to a minimal degree, but okay. I mean, still was like you know crossing his mind. Okay, okay. Yeah. Or I made that up, but he'll correct me. Okay. In August when he hears this. <laughs> so in August, if you hear the correction from this podcast, yeah, no, I'll just um, delete all that. I'll okay, just, but no, I do know for a fact he was doxxed, and it was it was. Really weird because he would like send links and stuff like to show us like where the guy was, you know, kind of tracking him down in real life. And it was like, it was creepy. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. But Facebook don't care about that. No, No, they don't. (laughs) All right. So anyway, um, moving forward, um, uh, it says, verse three, um, you should not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams, for, for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Um, and then I have in verse 4, you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice, and you shall serve him and hold fast to him. Um, and I think it's one of those that if we're walking after God, if we're fearing him, if we're keeping his commands, obeying his voice, serving him and holding fast to him, I think that we can be aware and know um, when those dreamers of dreams and, and that mm-hmm. sort of thing and those prophets are speaking things that are against God's word. And I fa- think it's it's actually important for, for us to, as we walk after God, um, that we do know the things that are written in scripture and we know the commands that God has laid out for us. Um, because there are definitely going to be those times where there's going to be false prophets, there's going to be false teachers, there's mm-hmm. going to be ideas and things within our culture that, that people are going to put forth that, that could potentially turn us away from God if we're not careful. And so I think by, by following verse 4, I think that sets us on a path um, to genuinely test to, to know whether we love God with our whole heart and soul um, and can help us to be aware of when those when those events come across so that we know, okay, fine, something happened there, but that goes against God's commands. That must not be of God. Um, so I think it's it's a good thing to, to know, um, to, to be able to walk, as verse 4 says, um, so that we can be aware of, of these people, these false teaching, these false prophets, etc. And I think that, um, excuse me again. Jeez. <laughs> 
I, you know what? From now on, I'm going to have like a little spittoon in your basement. Okay, and I'm that's just going to spit sinus fluids out. Oh, yummy. Anyway, um, you might think to yourself like, okay, so how do I walk after the Lord my God? How do I fear him? How do I keep his commandments? And a boy, oh, oh boy, oh my gosh. A boy? A boy? A boy is like, obey his voice and how do I serve him? And uh, this kind of goes back to um, almost a foundation um, of your faith is walking with the Lord and fearing him and obeying his commandments. Um, we see spelled out, and we've gone through it in Deuteronomy here um, in the Ten Commandments. Um, loving him is serving him and obeying his commandments. And to remember to obey his commandments uh, gets a bad rap because it can quickly divulge into like a legalism, like, okay, mm-hmm. I checked off the boxes 100%. But I think that's where the verbiage here, and pardon me, I don't have like my Hebrew on par in any way, shape, or form. Uh, to say what it is, but like walking with him and walking after the Lord and fearing him along with keeping his commandments and obeying his voice uh, encompasses kind of that whole being. Because like if you're walking with somebody, you're living your life with them. I think that's kind of the parallel you can draw there. You're not just like, hey, I did the Ten Commandments. I didn't lie. I didn't because, you know, the oh, gosh, is it Nicodemus that comes to Jesus? and Like I obeyed these since my youth. And he's like, that's Thing. great. Or is it the rich guy? The rich man. It was the rich one, man. One of them. One of them. It was, it was, a, yeah, it was a rich man. See, that New Testament, man. We got to read We, <laughs> we got to get back to the New Testament. Yes. Actually, though, we won't get to it this week. But when we get into the next section, I got some New Testament stuff what? going on right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, Jesus tells the rich man, like, you know, he's like, what must I do to be saved? And he's like, well, you have to do, you know, follow my commandments and uh, all this stuff. And then it was like, well, give all your money to the poor. The rich man hangs his head and walks away sad. Um because he was able to check off the boxes all the way down. It was when you attacked the idol of his heart that he lost his, you know, his joy because mm-hmm. you attacked his other God at that point. Right. Uh, when we're walking with Christ, we're selling ourselves out and we're selling out everything to be with him. We're entering into that relationship and that helps. Mm-hmm. And just some practical ways uh, to do that are praying. Um, praying can be as simple as one-line requests, uh, one-line, you know, acknowledgments of God's glory and joy. It can be um, saying, Lord, I've read in your scripture that you are my shepherd and I shall not want. And right now I'm having a hard time with wanting help. Um, it, it can be uh, something as simple as like, Lord, it's a hard day. I need you. Or Something as simple as like, God, you are so great. The sunset I am witnessing right now is amazing. Thank you. Um, that is a good start to walking in his ways. And as you start to build on that, reading his word, reading his scripture, getting to know him and getting to know what he's like, uh, growing in that relationship, it becomes easier to obey his commands. It becomes easier to find out if somebody's a false prophet or false dreamer of dreams mm. or if somebody's preaching some out of left field theology. And I always go to my good friend, Rob Bell on this one. When he started out, everybody was like, Oh my gosh, he's so great. He's a great orator. He can talk and speak and all this. And then like, as you listen to him and got more into the stuff he wrote, you could see his real odd out of left field, false theology to the point where now he's not even, I don't even think anybody in the evangelical world is really like, oh, yeah, Rob, he wrote that book. It's great. Rob Bell? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but he started out as somebody who was fleecing a lot of people and took a lot of people with him on the way out the door. Yep. <clears throat> yep. And the people that, you know, by God's grace, were able to have a relationship with him and get to know him and walk with him, were able to say, hey, that's wrong. I'm going to break off here. You and, know? And, and I think if we live in, if we live with these things in mind, um, I think we will be better set to be able to recognize and reject any idolatry or false teachings that, that will come across. And, and, and I think when we get into next, next week, we're, we're even going to see where, where Jesus basically warns his disciples and says, you will come across these people mm-hmm. um, and, and you need to be ready and aware so that, that you can address them um, and, and, and address yeah. them the way that you should. Should we get a list? Here are some popular false teachers. (laughs) (laughs) We might lose other listeners. Just because I said the name T.D. Jakes. (laughs) (laughs) I've already lost the Rob Bell guy. That's true. If we had one. (laughs) I don't know if they exist anymore. I don't know. Again, I don't know if people know who Rob Bell is. Yeah, well, that whole emerging church thing is like, nobody cares anymore. No. They realize that like, to belong to a community that didn't belong to each other, and to worship a God as you see fit and to make up the God as you go along just didn't seem to be very stable. Wait, wait a second. Didn't they go against Deuteronomy 12? Pretty much. Okay, right. just straight, straight I was up. like, that's pretty much like Deuteronomy yeah. 12 right there. It was very shifty. Like, it, it was what we were talking about. Yeah, it was like, oh, it's it's the Talladega Nights. Mm-hmm. When I see Jesus, I imagine him as a homeless guy. You know, like right. all that. Uh-huh. It was that. <laughs> that was the whole thing. And it didn't last long because there's no real foundation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, cha- so verse five, um, we yeah. get into um, which we're going to get into a lot of this death stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, the morbid part of our show. And so, but but that prophet or that dreamer or dream shall be put to death because he has taught rebellion against the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of slavery to make you. Um, leave the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. You shall purge the evil from your midst. Um, yeah. I, I have a, a quote from um, Christopher Wright, um, and it basically says, The death penalty for incitement to idolatry is consistent with the foundational nature of the first commandment. It needs to be seen not as a vest, uh, vesti- vestige of religious fanaticism or primitive barbarianism, but as a measure of the seriousness with which the covenant was taken as the foundation of Israel's whole national existence and peoplehood. I have this underlined. To go after other gods as well as in in rebellion against the Lord was effectively a form of treason against the whole community, a serious criminal offense with potentially disastrous results for everybody. The prophet who led people in that direction would bring God's curse on the nation. So who should die, him or the whole nation? Hence the purpose of the execution as designed to purge the evil from among you. It was a self-preserving act of removing a threat to the nation's health and survival like a body rejecting a poison. Hmm. Um, and, and I thought that that was... I like I'm, that. <laughs> when you're looking at treason, even in this day and age, if you're looking about treason, a treason against a nation... Um, and it might not be America, but even I don't know if America does this as well. But but uh, there are nations that that deal with treason very seriously. I, I and think that at one time the penalty for treason in the states was death. Okay, I don't know. I can 
And 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 whether that happens still in America or, or how how high of a level of treason that is, um, I'm sure that that the death penalty is still a thing if it not in America and other countries um, as well. And so treason against a country is a big deal. And so if this is how they viewed that, then, then the penalty of, of what they're asking actually kind of makes sense in a way. Um, Really, I like how it goes on. Um, it says that God is not only their God, but it is a save, he is a saving God. Um, rebellion against God was rebellion against the God who saves. Um, if we're looking at the Old Testament, it specifically mentions here um, salvation from Egypt and slavery. But really, if we want to go New Testament on this, um, <laughs> we still look at the, the Jesus who we look at the God who saves through Jesus. Um, and so the very God that you're choosing to disobey and the very God you're choosing to rebel against, um, especially if that's the, that's the false teacher and what he's teaching, well, in today's day and age, if you're looking at Christianity, you're talking about someone who's, who's trying to cause you to rebel against the, the, the God who saves through Jesus and also the God who saves through Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, um, what else there? Really oh. quick, Tre- oh, treason in the U.S. is sufferable by death, uh, or, depending on the degree of what you've done, no less than five years in prison and no less than a $10,000 fine. Okay. So, so, so really, if you look at the extreme, which <laughs> this probably would have been the extreme, I then even... I wouldn't say that's the extreme. Because, so, you're treasonous against more so than a flag. Right. You're treasonous against the God who created the universe. And I know some people might say, like, well, that sounds harsh, but, like, we believe this God created the universe, and you are essentially spitting in the face of that God. And on top of that, you're taking people with you. Mm-hmm. You're, you're encouraging others to do the same thing. Well, and you're talking about, I, I guess, would I be wrong in saying that, that technically their government would be a theocracy in a way? Um, yeah. Is that too far? Because, I mean, God was very much the center, center well, of their... Yeah, until, uh, until Samuel... Okay. But the, God set it up to be that way, though, in a way. Right, where God is says, the center of your, their nation. Yeah, I will be your God and you will be my people. Right. Um, it's later that they reject God and say, we want a king. They right. wanted a, a physical manifestation of rulership right. so the, they could be like everybody else. So the heart of where God wants it is he still, even when they did get the king, he still wanted to be the center of their oh, yeah, he of w- their world and uh, of their government and, and really of the way they did everything. Right, and that's what made David such a legendary uh, king was that he kept God at the center of what he did mm-hmm. despite his folly. His whole thing was like, you know, we are doing this God's way for God the way he would want it done. Right. Um, to the point where you would call him stubborn in a good way. Right. So, yeah, definitely. Now, do you feel that, um, I, I mean, what does this look like in a, in a 2018 context? I mean, obviously, we're not going to see, we're not going to see it where, um, you know, obviously, it's not going to be seen as treason against our nation. Um, it's, however, I, I think that false teachers are still very real um, mm-hmm. in our current culture, whether that be inside the church and probably even outside the church. Um, how is it that this applies to to our, our current culture um, as Christians? H- how do we deal with, say, false teachers? Um, maybe inside of a church that might be easier. Um, but, but if we're talking about, so I don't know, go for it. What were you going to say? I, I was going to say inside the church, I think that oh, too many churches have gotten a little squishy around the middle. They need to start doing some sit-ups and expelling false teachers. I think mm-hmm. it's way too easy now to find a church 
that will bring somebody in who's a false teacher or they'll endorse in other ways. Maybe they'll, you know, promote the book of a false teacher or whatever it happens to be or say, yeah, that's fine. As long as, you know, like you got, you know, you do you as long as you're oh, still call yourself. A, I did I hate it, that I did that on purpose. <laughs> as long as you're still a quote unquote Christian and you still believe in God, you can believe, you know, T.D. Jakes or Joel Osteen or Joyce Meyer. Like we don't care as long as, you know, you still come here and join a community group. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, churches need to kind of buckle down on that. And I know you and I, we go to churches where I, I doubt false teachers would get very far. Right. That's right, suckers. We have solid churches. <laughs> you need to join one. If you're in a wishy-washy church, you need to get out of it and get a solid one. I recommend Scott's Church in Cincinnati and my church if you want a cooler one. Being in Middletown <laughs> where no one lives. There are 50,000 of us. And about 250 to 300 go to my church. <laughs> and when they want to go somewhere, they go to a real city that's south to Cincinnati or north to Dayton. <laughs> <laughs> that is 100% true. Um, as far as like how you treat it in the rest of the world, I, I mean, obviously we are subject to the, you know, the laws and rulers, as Paul tells us. Um, so we can't go around stoning false teachers because then we will be guilty of at minimum assault. Uh, at maximum, it could be death, you know, mm-hmm. uh, homicide or manslaughter, depending on how the laws shake out. Um, our main thing we need to do is, one, to lead our families, our children, our friends, um, our community away from false teachers to be able to go biblically show them why false teachers are not preaching what's in God's word and to continue to pray for them, the the people we're leading, and then also praying for the false teacher. And I, I think there are some very gifted apologeticists mm-hmm. that can go and engage, like engage in a battle against a false teacher. I'm not. I took apologetics, but I I remember some of the terms, but I don't have like the arguments formulated like many do. Mm-hmm. I would really just be like, hey, I got to go to the scripture and show you this. And if I have to go outside of that, it's going to be, more research. Okay. Um, but however, I do know some very gifted, there some great men. One of our pastors, Pastor uh, Eric Russell, um, probably one of the smartest guys I know. And I, I could imagine, I've just seen some of his like, you know, some of his back and forth, like on social media and stuff with people. Um, he's very loving, but he's very good mm. and very right at the apologetics piece. Um, I could imagine somebody like him being able to go at, you know, a debate and come away sounding intelligent. Right. If I went in there, like I said, I think it'd be a little bit messier. Mm -hmm. But I, and I think there's room for that. Yeah. You know, Uh, he, yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking of like, Ken Ham going against Richard Dawkins (laughs) or no, it was Bill Nye. Yeah. Bill Nye. Bill Nye. That was not, that is not Christianity's finest hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, there there are guys out there that are built for that, that God has given them a love for arguing. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. have time for that anymore. Uh, no, me neither. Me I'm neither. like, hey, man, let's, let's just sit around and talk, it, talk mm-hmm. about it. Like, you can bring questions. I'll bring answers. And if I don't have answers, I'll try and find some for you or find smart people that can get them. Well, to have a good dialogue and a, and a good discussion. And yeah, and I'm, you know what? We're, we're commanded now to love people. It, you know, and to go out and to glorify God, show them his greatness. We're, n- we're no longer bound by that ceremonial law of throwing rocks. Mm-hmm. We, like we talked about in that little special episode yep. uh, last, last week. 
I can say that because that's when it comes out. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're we're bound by uh, grace and mercy, and you know, we're not the ones that are supposed to be crushing heads right now. Mm. It's God's desire that we lead people closer to Him and uh, to be His tools of, you know. But but at the same time, I also think that, that I think we're also called to make sure that those false prophets and false teachers don't make it into um, our churches um, right. to, to make sure that we are continuing to, to, to follow it, God and be obedient. To make it into our churches as a voice of leadership, mm-hmm. uh, definitely. If they're coming and have a genuine curiosity and they want to check out and see, that's one thing. But if they start leading people astray, you got to pull them aside. Yeah. And if they try and get or are getting leadership, you need to like expel them from among you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I don't think we, we don't have much more time left, do we? A couple minutes, probably four-ish. Okay. Four minutes max, but the music comes in probably in three. So, I'm, so, I'm a, so, so then, here's my question as I get you ready for next week. Oh, dang. What happens <laughs> when that person that is enticing you to turn away from God is your son, your daughter, Ooh, nice. your wife, because the next section of Deuteronomy... Hey, 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 if you're a girl, your husband. Oh, your husband, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when we get into chapter 13, verse 6, you may say, okay, that last one, false teacher, that one was easy. Yeah. How, I ain't got none of those in my Presbyterian <laughs> church. How about when, when your spouse, um, when, when your son, your daughter, um, whom you love dearly, decides to entice you or other people to turn away from God and rebel against him... Um, and that's, as it says, good. Good um, to, to, yeah. So anyway, yeah, don't, don't, um, don't spoil it. So with that, I'm not going to, but they, anyway, they can go read it. Okay. So Get your Bible out, read ahead and then come prepared to listen to us. Yeah. And talk and, about and, it and, and formulate in your own mind uh, again, although, um, it's difficult to, to have that, that on the air conversation. Um, it's one of those that, that to, to be thinking about that mm-hmm. actually can, can really much prepare you for an interesting conversation and an interesting podcast. So yeah, e- email us, uh, podcast at outlook.com if you want to talk about it. Although yes. they will not be able to hear that in email before next week. You're right. So there's the downfall to our uh, being weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks ahead. We got to work this out. Yeah. All right. We'll figure that out. Okay. All right. right. Anyway. (laughs) Later. Hey, maybe, maybe though, before you turn it off, you haven't turned it off yet. Nope. Nope. Still going. Still going. However, maybe like we can have like in future episodes, if there's um, a topic that a lot of people email us on, we can actually readdress it as a a special episode. I think we could also maybe do a Facebook or YouTube live. Oh. Maybe like, hey, this one's coming out next week. If you want to get your input in before we put it out, n- knowing that like it'll be, you know, oh, here's the music. A oh, few okay. weeks in advance. We'll talk about okay. it. Okay. Talk- All, right. All right. Later. Next time. Bye.